Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So God is perfecting us, and we wanted to take last week to kind of prep us for this week and to remind us what this whole series is about. To press reset, to understand that we're all a work in progress, and I think we need to start right there, right? We are talking about things that we all wrestle with, including us. We're talking about things that God is helping us to overcome, including us. Right. So by no means are we saying this from a point of view of having arrived. Absolutely. Okay. God is helping (laughs) us. And I think that's what the beautiful thing about just a sense of community and that. Listen, God sent us first to lead this. However, However, um, we are still being perfected by God as well. And that usually means that we're the first to receive and hear. Yeah. We get the spankings first. Yeah. Yeah. And and as funny that you would use that term, because in the the passage that we'll reference today, Mm -hmm. prior to that passage, it talks about God chastising his children, his sons. Mm -hmm. And if you're not chastised, then you're pretty much a bastard. Right. Nobody's spanking somebody else's kids. Right. And at the moment, the chastisement doesn't feel good, but it it works and it produces uh, righteousness in us. So, yeah, that that's funny that you would have referenced that. I mean, you know, the spirit is one, but we we, we get the spankings. Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. And then after we get spanked, then it's like, okay, now tell them, tell them what I said to you. Let's help each other get closer to God. So that's the point. And we hope that this is helpful to you. Yeah. And this particular topic or Mm -hmm. issue uh, is kind of I think it it probably hits closer to home for me than John. And and when we were talking about like how to preparing for it, you know, he was like, well, I'm going to follow your lead because, you know, you obviously have, you know, what God wants to say. Yeah. And I'm like, don't follow my lead because I'm still (laughs) struggling. (laughs) But in retrospect, looking back over my life or in hindsight, rather, I have seen how certain situations and instances played out and contributed to what at the time I didn't realize was bitterness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, most of my I would say probably late teens, Mm -hmm. definitely early 20s, but maybe late teens, but early 20s. Up until, you know, very recently, I and, you know, I still struggle Mm -hmm. with it. Just being honest. Um, There were certain behaviors that I exhibited that I didn't realize were the result of bitterness Mm -hmm. because bitterness will mask itself as being justified and it'll cloak itself in justification. Right. And so you won't necessarily realize exactly what's going on. Until you step outside or somebody that's outside of the picture with spiritual eyes can discern what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting 
uh, when we were preparing, when I was preparing and sort of, you know, just doing my little research, yeah. you know, you know, I was doing trying to do thing. my little yeah. background yeah. research meditating on, it. Um, on psychology today. There was an excerpt that I wanted to just read that says bitterness may be described as the mix of two of the core emotions discussed previously. So this was an article that they were referencing. It says part of what makes bitterness a complex emotion is that it also includes disappointment or the experience of having been disappointed as a pattern of behavior over time. So yeah. when we think of somebody that's bitter or we think of even if, if you're aware enough uh, with yourself to realize and recognize bitterness inside of you, you may identify the more expressive emotion, which is oftentimes anger. But coupled with that emotion is also sadness and disappointment. And oftentimes when when we examine or observe why a person becomes bitter, it's because there was an experience Mm -hmm. oftentimes in childhood, not even, you know, going as far as adulthood. As a child, we experience things and, 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 and as teenagers, we experience things and everything sort of gets compounded and sort of layers. And before you know it, you're an adult. Mm -hmm. And now what was once just a seed and was below the surface has now sprung up and produced this great big tree with fruits of bitterness. And, and, you know, just examining my life, you know, I, you know, we oftentimes use ourselves or our family as examples. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this one really hit home because in looking at my life, and looking at behaviors and, and, and emotions that I express, a lot of it came from yeah. bitterness. Um, and the thing and, about bitterness, too, that, that, that you're, you're kind of um, touching on is, especially when it happens, when something happens uh, that's worthy of offense as a young, you know, the younger you are, it kind of sets your expectation. Right. Right. So when you have relationships or you have other opportunities those opportunities are not given a fresh, like a clean slate right. because you've already expecting, you know, to be offended again and that pattern to be perpetuated. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that, that's <clears throat> another thing that came to me is the fact that with bitterness, when you have a person that's bitter or when you're bitter and, and, and you know, you, you step back and look at your behaviors, you'll see that you end up perpetuating whatever caused you mm. to become bitter in the yeah. first place. So yeah. whatever experiences, whatever, uh, and we're, we're going to dive into the scripture mm-hmm. in, in just a bit uh, where it talks about basically people falling short of the grace of God yeah. and that causing a root of bitterness to spring up. Mm-hmm. So there was a, an instance where you were, you fell short of the grace of God and somebody didn't show you the kindness and the gentleness that God shows us. Right. And that causes that root to spring up, right? That, that, that seed to be planted within the surface of our hearts. And then that root of bitterness springs up. Right. So, you know, what we're going to dive into the scripture. I don't want to. No, no, no. And and it's true. So, so I want to caution everybody. And this is why we did it last week. Right. The first thing we have to do in order for God to work his work, because this is a very surgical topic and this series is very surgical, but we're on our way to freedom. Right. So as we're talking, there may be some things that the Lord brings to the surface in your own heart. I'm asking you 
to commit those things to the Lord as we go forward. Right. Ask the Lord, surrender them to the Lord. Ask the Lord to help you with these things. Because as we're going forward, we believe and we're praying that God will allow freedom to hit your life so that you'll be able to move forward into God's purposes unhindered. So this is how it starts. You know, we're not just talking to unearth things and remind you of the trauma of your life and right. all that, because that's not and that may happen. But that's not the intent. Right. The intent is for us to look at this thing and say, look, I need to see this the way God sees it. I've been seeing it my way for so long and it has not gotten me anything good. Let's just be honest. Right. Certain things that we've talked about can even have health consequences mm-hmm. and factors. Mm-hmm. Right. So these things that we're dealing with are not worth keeping to comfort ourselves. Right. To hold on to. Right. So we want to surrender all of this to God and move forward. Because oftentimes I don't think we realize sometimes we will sort of wear our hurt and and the trauma that we went through as Mm -hmm. a badge of honor. Yeah. It's almost like this is what I went through. I went through this. I went through that. I went through that. And I experienced this. And then this happened to me. And instead of just relinquishing it and and turning it over to God, Mm -hmm. we take our identity and and we we sort of filter it through what we went through. And then now we're we're known as the person that experienced Mm. this. And then along with that comes things like bitterness. Yeah. And that's why we're going to take our time. And go through this. So Hebrew, you want to go start with Hebrew? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Hebrews 12, and you want me to read it? I'll read it. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. That's the NIV. Okay. And this is the NIV. And it reads, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This is how this is what it reads in the Amplified Bible. Okay, and it opens up a little bit more. Continuously pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of God's grace, that no root of resentment springs up and causes trouble and by it many be defiled. So that's a mouthful. That's a lot to sort of take in. So we'll start from the beginning. It says make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And I think before we can even get to the actual topic, bitterness, we have to look at the fact that we're challenged to follow and pursue peace because when we think of bitterness and we think of what causes it, it's an offense to us. Mm -hmm. So we are the focal point of what's produced after the fact, but the scripture is telling us to follow peace with all men. Right? So Mm -hmm. the focus and the goal is not on ourselves. It it is now turned around on other people. Mm. First and foremost, examining the fact that we're called to follow peace and that means oftentimes at the expense of us. And, and the, the crazy part about it, and I have to hold my head with this because it is such a challenge. Right. See, that's the one thing about the scriptures in the Bible, how how it just it levels the playing field. Nobody can possibly brag and say that they're perfect, that they've never done anything wrong, that the standard is not a challenge to you because it clearly says 
follow peace or make every, every effort, effort, every effort to follow peace with everyone. So that's not like some people that you prefer, you know, or people that's easy. Their personalities don't clash. And, you know, these types of people I don't like because we just don't click mm-hmm. like the Bible's making it clear. Follow peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. Lord, help us all. And this when the scripture is saying to seek peace. The root of that is, I guess we could look at it as with a sincere heart. Yeah. That's the root of what that word is, is saying in the text. And, uh, there's a scripture in James that sort of, you know, helps it it paint. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Opens it up or paints a better picture of it. It says James three and 17, and I'm going to read this in the amplified. It says, but the wisdom from above is first pure or morally and spiritually undefiled, then peace loving. So that means you love anything having to do with peace. Mm. Mm. Courteous or considerate, gentle, reasonable, and willing to listen, full of compassion and good fruits. It is unwavering without self-righteous hypocrisy and self serving guile. So in other words, opportunistic. So when, when, when someone's self-serving or has self-serving guile, then they're looking for an opportunity to serve themselves. So it's like pretending or, like, or for it's, their benefit. It's like pretending to follow peace. So it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I forgive you. And, but there's still like that, that feeling inside, like I'm not going to forget what you did and I'm going to keep what I know about you as ammunition and I'm going to use that later on. Um, and then that, that say it also reserves something inside of you to germinate on, like to chew on and to keep reliving the offense. You see, that, like that, that's so following peace. Or, is, or, or you may say, I'm going to be the bigger person. Right. Right. But in your that heart, righteous position, yeah. in your heart, that's not really what you're going towards. And I think that the point of what we're saying at this particular moment is examine your heart. Yeah. Because that's the first pit stop. To bitterness is yeah. what's in your heart, because, yes, while there are offenses and there are experiences that we have experienced and a lot of times they're beyond our control. Mm-hmm. Like there are some things that yeah. I've experienced, you've experienced yeah. that had nothing to do with us. Yeah. And Not it, was, your the, fault. it yeah. was the other person yeah. who was going through whatever they were going through and they did what they did. And it, it just is like a trickle effect. Right. But at some point. You have to examine what was in your heart in the first place, because if your heart is pure, like James is saying, all those things, if, the, if it's pure, then what happens after that? There's no that there's uh, the scripture in uh, is it first Corinthians 13 or 14 that references love. Mm-hmm. Everybody 13, reads, yeah. reads it at their wedding. And it said one one of the lines is love is not easily offended. Mm-hmm. Right. So keeps what no record of it wrong. keeps no record of wrong. Yeah. And it goes back. It speaks to us talking about forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. The, the point is what we have to examine what's in our heart, first and foremost, that would cause us to become offended and cause us to make that first pit stop towards bitterness. Yeah. So that's pretty much what the scripture is highlighting or bringing out. Yeah. And it's to make every effort too, like the, like like seek opportunities for peace, right? So what that speaks to is the fact that when we're offended, and this is just us being live and in reality, we avoid people, we try to act like we didn't see them, 
or we cut conversation short. So if we do have to speak to somebody who we have an issue with, it's kind of like cold and off so that we don't want the conversation to turn into something. Then you get that feeling inside, that really ugly, sick feeling inside. If you guys have wrestled with bitterness, you know what that is, where it's just like uh, that. I don't want to. And, and it's almost like like this is this is this is an area for some people where they're going to need a miracle from God. Like you're going to have to have God literally go into your mind and turn your switch off as far as what you're what you have been exalting as unforgivable. It's just kind of, kind of like worshiping your own feelings above. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't even want to put all the responsibility. Like I, yes, that is true. God definitely has to supernaturally help us, you know, and that's, that's the work of the, the spirit, the Holy, Holy spirit. spirit. Yeah. But there is again, a level of responsibility that we have the scripture in Psalms, Psalms 34 and 14 says to turn from evil yeah. and do good. Yeah. So that means that you have control over the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but you have to be the one to walk, right? You have to turn yourself and position yourself. So we're called to turn from evil and do good. Mm -hmm. So that's within our control. Right. It's a dual work. For some people, like we were saying in the beginning, there's some people who have dealt with trauma, have been abused, have been hurt, right? So as far as the depth of offense, right? There would be no way for them to, in their own human ability, to be able to quantify even what forgiveness would look like to to, to have been hurt that deeply. However, right, like you're saying, babe, there still is, no matter how much hurt you have experienced, there is still a choice that we have to make to put ourselves in the way of following peace. Right. Right. So there is that choice that we all have to make, no matter what the offense that we've gone through is. Right. So this is what hinders us from being used to the capacity that we could be used from and being fully, we'll say sanctified. We won't say converted. Yeah. And that because I don't want to confuse anybody. Yeah. But this this will hinder us from the full sanctification that needs to take place. And that's what that holy means to yeah. be sanctified so that we can see God, because ultimately that's what we're living down here for anyway. Right. Is to, to live, to see God again. Yeah. yeah. And if we're not sanctified and we're not presented holy, then we can't see God. So, you yeah. know, that's the purpose of drawing this out. But before you go on, because that see God part is not just eternity. So a lot of times when we're going through our lives. We want to see God moving in our lives. Mm. We want to see God in our everyday walk. We're praying and there's no answer, you know, but that's because there's a lot. A lot of times it's our own relationships with ourselves and with each other that hinder us from seeing God in our everyday life. And that's just as important as seeing God when we get to heaven. Right. When we get to heaven. Amen. But you want to see God moving, using you actively in your everyday life. And you don't want to be a hindrance to your experiencing the genuine freedom that God has called us all to on earth as well. I was thinking about the fact that in the scripture, bitterness is likened to a root. So it made me start thinking about what a root is, like what is the purpose of a root? Like what, you know, why are roots important, important enough that it would have been highlighted as it. Yeah. A bitter root being negative. Right. Mm. 
So a few of the primary functions of roots are that they are they serve as the anchorage of the plant. Right. So it basically keeps the plant or the tree in place. Right. It mm-hmm. grounds it. It solidifies where it grows. Right. And where it takes its roots. And even like I just think about the term I have roots here. Yeah. Like when you live someplace yeah. and you've lived there for a while and mm-hmm. you've established yourself, you know, that they use that term a lot. Yeah. It also causes absorption of water and dissolved minerals, right? And it serves as a conduction for the stem. So whatever the plant is, whatever nutrients it needs, yes, it goes through the stem, but it comes from the roots. So first and foremost, whatever water or nutrients the plant needs is coming from the root. Yeah. Which is interesting because I, when I was looking also, I found out that roots will find its way to wherever the nutrients are, wherever the, the water is in the soil. Mm. And sometimes it'll go deeper than really scientists can even uh, yeah. measure. Yeah, It'll go wherever yeah. it can sense any kind of water or nutrients to produce what it needs to produce or to cause the plant or tree to grow. So just think about the fact that if you have a root of bitterness... That's crazy, yeah. Whatever seed started as a small seed and germinated and caused the root to form, it's going to look for whatever it can find Mm. to cause it to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about bitterness. Mm -hmm. It's it's sneaky and covert. It will start as a hurt, as just a seed, a small offense, and it'll germinate and it'll grow and grow. And before you know it, it's now taken root. And it's looking for whatever it can find to make it flourish even more. You know what I was thinking about when you said that? Say you have an argument with siblings or whatever growing up and you're just going back and forth. It's kind of like when you did this and another thing and another thing and another thing. And you know what? Another thing. You take a break and you kind of cool down a little bit and then your mind starts going again and you come back and another thing and this and that and this and that. Now, imagine. Right. Imagine that's not just an argument, but that's just the tone and tinge of your life. Like, imagine if that's just that's how you perceive everything and everybody. And that that's that's what's going on in your heart. Like it's a web. Yeah. And the thing about if you see if you ever see a root like a plant that's been, you know, plucked up and you're able to see the roots that were once underground, you'll see that it's like this intricate sort of intertwining. Yeah. It looks like a web or something, right? Like where it starts at starts out as one, mm-hmm. and then and the roots it just, have roots, right? Yeah, and then before you know it, you don't even know where it started. You just know that it's a root. Sometimes roots are so big that they come to the surface, mm-hmm. and then they start impinging on other things around it. Yes, like so it'll uproot houses. Yeah, it'll uh, uproot concrete. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's how powerful and strong a root can be. Yeah. And I think that's why bitterness was likened to this, a root, more so than anything else, because it is so strong and it starts out underneath the surface. And before you know it, you can't hide it anymore. And I think this is what we were talking about um, before. The fact that. A lot of times people don't realize that bitterness is at work in their life Mm -hmm. because it may still be under the ground and that you're not really noticing the full effect of it yet. Mm -hmm. And because nobody else is noticing 
what's going on. Mm-hmm. See, when, when it gets to a point where it's really bad and you can't hide it anymore and your behavior just exu- it, it like oozes out, yeah. then you can't hide it. Yep. But there are some people where they're still able to kind of keep it under wraps and it's still below the surface and you can't really tell. Um, when I was doing research, I was watching this video and this uh, girl was talking about roots and she was saying she had a, a, a picture of two plants that were uprooted. And from the plant... To the, the, the from the root where the root started and the plant ended to the top of the plant, both of them look the same. Mm. And she said, the only way that you can tell if a plant is suitable to be uprooted and replanted is by looking at the roots, mm. because otherwise you, you wouldn't really be able to tell. But looking at the roots, you're able to assess the health of the plant or the health of the tree and its suitability for productivity. Mm. After replanting, which was really interesting. Yeah. So then I was like, well, then, like, can you tell if a tree has bad roots? And you can. Trees with damaged roots cannot grow and thrive as they should. This can cause them to grow slowly, exhibit poor health or fail to reach their typical size. Mm. That's crazy. That's crazy. So. Again, we can sort of fake the funk and sort of uh, have some sort of image of a tree. But when you examine it even deeper and you assess it according to the standard of what the tree should be. What that particular tree should be. The maturation of the tree Mm -hmm. with its age and, and what it should be producing. When you examine it closer, you see, oh, that tree's not really that healthy. Mm hmm. Something's going on underneath the surface because it's not producing what it should be producing or it's not it's max or it's it's ultimate uh, size. Mm-hmm. Right. So all of this is going on underneath the surface and, and it's the roots that tell the story and tell tell the truth on whether or not, you know. So, again, us talking about this is not to expose uh anybody's heart or anybody's behavior and make them feel like there's no hope. Right. You know, th- this is not. And as we said this in the beginning, like me specifically, you know, not so much him. Praise God. I'm not perfect. You and know, I, God is helping me. No, but you, and even with, with that, you have to be careful because it's so all it takes is a seed. Yeah. All it takes is a seed. Yeah. And over time, a uh, uh, ground can get hardened. It can start out supple and, yeah. and, and be good soil. But over time, if you're not careful to till it, it'll harden. Right. And then something can a seed can find its way. And there you go. Yeah. But for me, the process of that root of bitterness growing up inside of me was a lot more extensive. And so in exploring this, it started to unearth and expose things that even I thought that I was over had gotten to a certain point of healing. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that we've gone through, other people have lost their mind with. So there's a perspective that God is calling us all to and that we have to become more vulnerable and okay with the fact that, yeah, this is what happened to me. And I'm still struggling with the fact that that sins tend to be a trend of me being taken advantage of. God, I need your help with this. Help me to see this thing the way you see it. So there was a few things that we were kind of 
you know, meditating on or kind of seeing like, okay, not like a bitterness test per se, but it's kind of like, am I, am I, do I struggle with this? Like, how, how can I know that this is something that I need to be careful about? How can I know that this is something that I'm struggling with and that I need to really put before God, right? Yeah. So number one, you hold grudges. So if you're a person that is difficult to forget offenses or it's more, it, it's harder, like they sit with you more. It's possible that you are a candidate to struggle with bitterness. And the point of this whole thing is we got to know who we are so that we can present ourselves wholly to God so that we can come back and be complete in him. Right. Another thing was people who struggle with envy and jealousy. They do a lot of comparing of yourselves, um, attention seeking, struggling to accept advice. And when people try to give you advice, you struggle in that area to accept it. It's difficult for you to celebrate with people when they're celebrating. That's another check your heart kind of thing. You know, why, why, why can't you mm. congratulate other people? Um, you tend to gossip. Now, this is, we get, we're stepping on toes today, but it's kind of like one of them things where it's like, this is a heart check kind of thing. And, and it's, it's almost like we have, to un, we have to try to seek out why these things bring us gratification. And what are we um, looking to heal? Right. They're, they're also often cynical mm-hmm. and, and untrusting of others mm-hmm. um, and easily critical. Mm-hmm. Like, so someone who's like super critical all the time mm-hmm. and they're always spouting negativity or negative uh Things regarding other people and, you know, uh, highlighting or bringing attention to those areas and other people and then not themselves. Yeah, that's. And I think the biggest one is they're easily offended. So it doesn't take much to offend someone who wrestles or struggles with bitterness. So these are all areas that we all can relate to at one state or another, which basically says that no one is exempt from the possibility of a root of bitterness being a real thing in your own life. Right. Right. So then, so, okay. So now we've exposed ourselves. We've, we've basically listed these things that some of us can check off one or two things, or maybe a few things. God help us all. So now what do we do? Really the whole chapter, Hebrews 12 Mm -hmm. deals with our heart and being disciplined. And let me just read it rather than trying to reference it. Yeah. It says, therefore, since we were surrounded and this is the NIV surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, Mm -hmm. scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm-hmm. The fourth verse is what I, I wanted to reference. It says in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So in other words, looking at Christ and how he dealt with the fence and how he dealt with what obviously, I mean, if he wasn't, if he was just man, Obviously, that would have made him bitter, but he resisted Mm -hmm. to the point of death and shedding his blood. And as 
some of us can say, well, I tried, man. I really tried to forgive. I tried to, you know, not put mm-hmm. myself in a position to be bitter. But you have not resisted unto to blood, mm-hmm. right? You haven't shed blood over over resisting sin. Mm-hmm. So there's still a little more that you can do. Mm-hmm. And there's still a, a further distance that you can go, right? To, to be able to resist the sin that wants to entangle you, right? The yeah. beginning of the chapter says to not be entangled with the sin that easily entangles. So those things, so for some of us holding grudges and being unforgiving, that's easy to us. Yeah. That that comes so easily. It's 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 like automatic. Oh, you you did me wrong, you offended me. Hold a grudge. Yeah. I don't forget it. I don't forget nothing. I don't forget anything, right? But the scripture tells us to not be entangled yeah. with what comes easily. So th- this, this, this is where the rubber meets the road and we have to really assess our heart and what our heart wants to do. Do, do you want to please yourself or are, is your goal and your aim to please God? That, that's the ultimate question. Because yeah. ev- everything after that and all your behaviors and all your decisions after that question will determine which way you go. Yeah. When we think about the gravity and, the, and how far reaching bitterness is and how its roots can permeate every area of our lives, looking for things to feed itself. Fuel. Yeah. So, yes, it's looking for things to grow on and at the end of the day, bear fruit of other things that are going to negatively affect our lives, push us away from people. Push us away from God. Right. That's 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 the agenda of bitterness. Right. That's what it desires to do to us. It desires to contaminate us through feelings of justification. That become poison to our souls. Yeah. And later on, we realize, oh, my goodness, why does nobody like me or why can I have lasting relationships or why do I always feel this way? We have to refuse to give the enemy the victory in our lives and allow people to dictate what our future is going to be. Right. And the only way we can do that is surrendering our lives, our brokenness, our hurts, our misunderstandings, our shame, our guilt, all of the stuff that we carry to God. The God who saw it happen. The God who gave you the grace to survive it. And it makes no sense to survive something this far for it to end up killing you later. God has given us an opportunity to really be free and bring these things that we wrestle with. Bring our brokenness to him. He is nigh to those of a broken heart, a contrite heart and a broken spirit. God is close to you when you are transparent about your brokenness. Where you are weak, he is strong. The verse 11 in yeah. this chapter, Hebrews 12, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, right. but painful. Later on, however, yeah. it produces a harvest. Amen. So this is we're not talking about just one or two pieces of fruit. Right. This is a whole harvest yeah. of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Mm. So yeah. this exposing that's taking place, bringing to light certain things that are inside of us, some, some of which we probably didn't even realize were still there or mm-hmm. were ever there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not to just expose you, to call you out. Right. It's so that it produces yes. righteousness and peace That's and right. not just a few pieces, but a harvest. Mm-hmm. And a harvest is not just for 
the people that pick it, the yeah. harvest is usually benefited by the entire community, and right? the people that planted it. Right. Yeah. The people that planted it, the people that pick it, the people that, that go and buy from the farmers, everybody benefits from a harvest. Mm-hmm. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this session and this day that you, you have ordained and allowed us to see. You've given us the privilege to see it. We thank you for being able and having the opportunity to once more come before uh, your presence and sit at your feet and hear what it is that you have to say, what's on your heart and your mind for us, God. Lord, I pray, God, that as the words have been spoken and they have gone out, that they will not return void, but they'll accomplish uh, the work that it was sent out to do, God. I pray, God, that each the heart of each and every listener yes, and individual will begin to turn from a heart of stone mm. to a heart of flesh, that the ground will be good ground and that the, the seeds that have been planted today will germinate and bring forth good fruit, yes, fruit Lord. of righteousness, fruit of peace, God. Lord, we realize that there are things in us that need to change, that have to be removed, that have grown up alongside and they have produced bad fruit in us, God. But Lord, I pray, God, that this realization will not leave us without any hope, but that we will turn to you, that we will lay everything at your feet, that we will relinquish control and that our focus and our goal will no longer be to please ourselves, but to please you so that we might yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness, oh God. Let us be your hands and your feet and the light and the salt in the earth, God. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.